Hi, guys, and welcome. I'm Kat. And I'm Mike. This is HGTV Obsessed. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be back for another episode of HGTV Obsessed. Woo. It's a great day, right? Michael yells woohoo so loud that our producers are like, you need to just say it a little quieter. We appreciate the enthusiasm, but just bring it down a notch. Yeah, Mike, you just yelled in everyone's ear right now. Okay, I won't. I won't. Sorry, sorry. I'll watch it. All right. Okay, cool. Shut it, Mike. <laughs> All right, let's try it again. Kat, we'll start with you. Okay, hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of HGTV Obsessed. Woohoo. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to, Brad. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, this is a weekly podcast where we dive into all things HGTV. I'm Mike. And I am Kat. And when we aren't watching HGTV, we make funny videos on TikTok about marriage, parenting, and life. Okay, give us your best New York accent. Go. Um. I'm putting you on the spot. I apologize. Not really. I'm not sorry. Yeah, I'm from New York. You ever heard of it? Wow! Yeah, I live in the stock market. That's how I know when to go up and down. What? What did I just say? I don't even know what it means. I'm actually okay. I wasn't. What was ex- that? I wasn't expecting. That. I don't even know why I did that. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> I'm working here. Forget about it. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been more Boston, but anyways, we've got a real New Yorker on the podcast today, though. Yes, her name is Taylor Spellman. Right. She's she- gonna put us spell on you and when she does you won't know what to do she'll sell your house in seven days or less with ten thousand dollars you having fun i didn't know what else to she'll put a spell on you yeah with her magic interior design skills <laughs> It's truly a sight. She when she is working, it, that woman is working. Right. She's no. She's a boss. She opened her own design firm in NYC at the age of twenty three, and she's been killing the game ever since. Yeah. And now she has a new show on Discovery Plus, uh, one week to sell. Yeah. So Taylor is super talented. I was looking through her Instagram and. Her style, impeccable. Her skills, impeccable. Yeah. And I just want to ask her for life advice. And just also like to be a boss woman. I just feel like she embodies that. Yeah. I just, you do too, though. We. Yeah. You don't have to do anything different. <laughs> oh my God, I love you. I love you too. Okay. Um, what was I saying? I forgot. <laughs> so Taylor Spellman is, um, she opened her own design firm in New York City at yep. the age of 23. Tender age. Yes. I don't, I, I was doing absolutely nothing close to that at 23. Same. You don't yeah. want to know. Oh God, don't yeah. tell me, please. <laughs> um, and she has been killing the game ever since. Now she's got a brand new show on Discovery Plus. It's called One Week to Sell. This title is seriously stressful, yeah. but she takes homes that are getting a little stale in the market and she transforms them into beautiful works of art. And she has a pretty small budget. She does it all in seven days. It's intense. It's fun. This interview was great. I think you guys are going to love it. So why don't we get into it? Let's do it. Welcome to HGTV Obsessed, Taylor. We're so happy to We're have you so here. We're so glad you're here, Taylor. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I couldn't be more thrilled. My show uh, like premiered yesterday, so now I'm going from that to this. I mean, this is like this is this is big time. Did you watch the premiere? Yes, I did watch it. Uh, it was actually, you know, I had watched it. If I'm going to be honest, 
like anywhere between like 50 and like 200 times prior. <laughs> so I wasn't nervous at all. I had already gotten it all out. I was like, you know what? We're good to go. I love it. That's like us when we make a video too. We, yeah. we literally watch it a hundred times before we put it anywhere. So I get it. Yeah, exactly. I was like, at first you're nervous and then you analyze it and you figure out where you could have done better or worse or whatever. And then it's like, okay, great. Here we go. When I film myself, do you notice your posture? I feel like something I really noticed is my posture is not that great. Same. Just Same. the least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone's posture is that great. And we just happen to be seeing it. So you're like, this is a terrible. Is that how <laughs> I look? <laughs> yeah. So we're so glad you're here. Kat and I were just talking about how stressful the title One Week to Sell sounds. Can you go ahead and tell tell us a little bit about the show? Yeah. I mean, it sounds stressful because it is stressful <laughs> straight up. So the, the title is actually very well done because uh, it is stressful. And I think... When um, this show kind of started out, my idea was uh, my parents couldn't sell their home and they had it on the market for two years. Absolutely couldn't sell it. Trying to figure out what to do. And I came in and I was like, guys, like, I don't have that many skills. This is my skill. Like, this is my thing. I know how to make a home sell quickly. So I was like, all right, let's put it on the market. And it did. It sold in one week. Wow. uh, So I was like, that's kind of how when we started this conversation, how things started out. But the bottom line is that when you're designing a home for sale, speed is the name of the game. You know, people wanted, they always want that house to be, have been sold a long time ago. That's Mm. why I'm there. So, Mm. you know, it's always a rush. And in this case, we do have one week to turn it around and then hopefully it sells very quickly thereafter. And if that's the case, I would have done my job correctly. Have you ever missed a deadline? No. <laughs> Do you know who I am now? Yeah. You know, I'm like, for the purposes of this conversation, I had to answer that very confidently. But for the most part, no, I haven't missed a deadline. I, love I it. also want to add, I feel like people can do, I love like adding these things. People can do so much in a week, like way more yeah. than you think consistently. Absolutely. Like great. when we found out we were pregnant, mm. got engaged, got married, got an apartment. Like we did all this in one, one week. week. And like you can do what? so much. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's our crazy story. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I got a I got a job and everything. Oh yeah, you got a job. <laughs> life change. You yeah. can literally change your life in a week. In a week. Yeah, and I think um, it takes focus and elbow grease, mm. and uh, if you're willing to just put the work in, you can do it. I'm sure you have a great team too. So like, who yes. you surround yourself with yeah. as well, right? So absolutely, I feel like that's and huge. That was what was great about this show. Everyone's like, how'd you get along? I'm like, no, no. Like, this is my real life job, my real life team. We work together every day. So it it was easy to transition and do the show. So you see a lot of homes and I'm sure when you walk in, you're like, okay, this, this, that, this is the reason why your house isn't selling. Um, What do you think people should not do when they are listing their home? Yeah. Like, what's the biggest no-no when you're putting your home up in the market? Like, is it weird art is it an unkept Mm -hmm. yard i think um you know to your point there's the the obvious things like get rid of your personal affects like as much as you and your family love that photo of you guys all wearing jeans and a white button down on a sand dune that's like over your fireplace not that many other like strangers don't want to see that you know what i mean like for you guys (laughs) it's awesome you had that great photo shoot in the like brush we've all seen the shot but as a whole you know, remove that, put up a blank canvas and slap a little paint on it and you're going to be in better shape. Mm. Uh, one thing that I always say is like, 
it's good to pretend that your like super judgy mother-in-law is coming over your house and just prepare the home for like when she's coming, you know, mm. and you know, she's going to make that snide comment like, oh, I, I just it's so strange that you are never able to wipe down the kitchen counters or like whatever the comment is. <laughs> um, think of her, you know, when you're when you're preparing, because cleanliness sounds like an obvious thing, but oddly enough, it kind of isn't. Um, so that's one thing I say. But the the last point is people like I, I kind of say that we invented this methodology that's interior design for sale and the way that the old guard used to do it you know it's called staging is that you kind of make everything stiff and uh one of the things that i always would laugh at is when like you the stager would come in and make the bed and then put like a tray with champagne flutes on the bed it's like no one lives like this. Like, who has champagne flutes on their bed? Like, this is not a selling point. This is crazy talk. Yeah. You know? So I say make sure that your home is really how you live so that when the potential buyer walks in, they see it, they understand and say, oh, OK, yeah, I could live here. What is the like the longest you've ever seen a house having had sat on the market? And then until we came in? Yeah, just out of curiosity. Yeah, I mean, years for sure. Like, wow, literally is. And even even when this whole thing kind of started, you know, my my parents' home when I started to think this through. That was two years on the market. And then I came in and just did a couple switches and it sold in one week. So it's like, obviously, everybody should be able to have access to these ideas because if you want to sell your home, typically there's a pretty good reason for it, you know? Mm -hmm. And sitting on that expense and not being able to move that expense is typically, you know, stressful. Yeah. So, yeah, years, I would say. I heard your career began with you like giving advice to single men. Um, (laughs) Are they just are single guys an easy target or how did that happen? Low hanging fruit. I'm like, this this is like shooting, like shooting fish in a barrel. This will be easy. Um, I mean, yes and no. So, yeah, I started my uh, first company. We did interior design for men exclusively. But the reason why I kind of came up with that is two things. Number one, I think when you're starting out as an interior designer, or decorator or you're interested it's like what is your niche what are you interested in and for me um i felt like this was sort of an untapped market and then i could maybe get a little bit of traction on that because i was the only one doing it which was great um but yeah i was like in the city dating all these guys and we'd go to the best restaurants and they'd have on fancy shoes and a fancy watch and a fancy college and then you get back to their apartment and it was just like like you know, a mattress on the floor, like a solo cup. Ugh. And I'm just like, wait, you, you know, you're, you're flawless. What, what happened? You know, like you can't tell me that you don't care about your appearance because look at you, you know, so I felt like, <laughs> I felt like you gotta be kidding me here. Like I bet these guys want to have a nice home. They just don't know how to do it. So I came in and offered that service and everyone was like, yeah, of course I want a nice place. Just take care of it and do it. Uh, so that, that was a great sort of foray. So you basically gave them that like structure and direction. Exactly. That's and I was like, if you want to have a girlfriend, let me help you, buddy. Okay. Like, <laughs> or a boyfriend. If you want to have a boyfriend, let me help you. That, that was another, that was a very popular group as well. Like, so, you know, what can you do? And I'm like, ah, just give me your credit card and your keys and I'll be right back. <laughs> 
freaking love it. It's so good. That'd be a good show too. I feel like single guys in general, they need that that sort of like direction and guidance. Yeah, like you know, I needed that for sure from you. Did you need like a positive pregnancy? That will guide that them. Yeah, that helps. No, maybe I need to like get a proper couch in this house. When you were single, did you have a mattress on the floor kind of thing? Yeah, you did. Oh yeah, <laughs> he does. He doesn't even flinch. He's like, yes, I did. Yeah, I did. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Anything on the wall? Yeah, I would put stuff on the wall. Like what? Like a band that signed my poster you know like the, the like the michael jordan where he has his hands out with like the basketball that was always a popular one i'm like oh geez here we go again great all right cool great choice i heard before you started in design you were also actually a dancer did you really move to nyc to become a professional ballerina is that what you you yeah yeah clearly clearly i failed so <laughs> here we are <laughs> um, yeah, I did. I, I went to a performing arts high school in Connecticut, the Greater Hartford Academy of the Arts. And then I went from there to dance with, um, it's called Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. And it's, um, it was awesome. And when I was in Connecticut, I was like, I'm the best dancer in the world, basically. <laughs> and then I went to New York City and then you quickly find out, no, you're not. No, you're not the best dancer. Wow. Uh, and that was awesome and great competition and mm. a great experience. Um, but truly, I kind of more so realized it was awesome, but I like eating, drinking, and paying my rent. Three things I enjoy. And I could tell that if I, if I stayed on the track of being a dancer, it really wasn't going to work out that great. Uh, so, yeah, I switched to a business major and I graduated from Fordham University Ooh. instead. Wow. I get that. I, you know, not professional, but I'm, I'm a pretty good dancer. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good. I mean, I dance on some videos and they're pretty great. Pretty great. Yeah, people yeah. don't I mean, think they're great, but that's I think not, they're that's not what art is about. Art is producing exactly. what you think is great, and then the world can yeah, take their lead. Yeah, if you dance like a giraffe, then you do you know, it. Like, oh, oh, yeah, that's such right? a specific. <laughs> yeah, that didn't sound like a hypothetical, what you just said right there. It has happened, but... I promise. <laughs> do you still have a passion for dance? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like that kind of training doesn't really leave you. Right. Uh, and it's so much... I don't know. I, th- I think even in the show, it's helped a lot because a, as a dancer, you kind of have to have a, a thick skin. Mm. And so that was something I developed a long time ago with people kind of critiquing your work and critiquing your art and just saying, okay, that's fine. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love dance. I love to go to a wedding and just kind of, you know, show off some moves casually. <laughs> so. Do you think your history and like background in dance has been influential in how you stage these homes and the inspiration you got to even start this in the first place. For sure. Um, when I, when I went to Alvin Ailey and all, everyone who had auditioned, you know, it was the final group that had made it in and everyone's like, you know, where did you train for the summer? And someone's like, I was at the Paris opera ballet. And someone's like, I was at New York city ballet. And they're like, what about you? And I was like, I was a waitress at my dad's restaurant. I took the summer off. I didn't, I didn't dance at all, you know? Um, but I feel like, I kind of have always had this element of um, like following your gut more than what the proper rules are. And I think that was how I approach dancing. And that's how I approach uh, this 
uh, interior design. You know, there's a lot of rules and I don't typically pay too much attention to them. And I feel like that's been helpful in kind of creating a new genre here uh, in homes for sale, because you have to just trust your instinct and say, I know in my gut that this is why this home isn't selling. And I'm going to follow that instinct and I'm not going to get sidetracked. I think that's like one of the most beautiful things I have ever heard. I know that sounds <laughs> might be dramatic, but I swear, like you literally Aww. said, because it's true. Yeah, it's really like, good. When I found out we were like going through this process that wasn't the quintessential like, yeah. you know, yeah. date, get married, get your house. And I felt like I was breaking all these rules. But when I went with my gut and like put opinions and these rules aside, like our lives totally changed for the better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like everybody has that voice, you know, like you followed that once you let yourself hear it. Uh, we just oftentimes say, shh, don't listen, but cause it's scary. Listen. It's scary. exactly. It's right. very scary. Yeah. Especially if you're doing it within, I don't know, say a week. Right. Yeah. 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 Both of us. <laughs> so, <right? scary>. yeah. <laughs> so watching, um, your show, I noticed you have this like very impeccable on point look and it's like you got the power suit i'm like wearing one with shoulder nice. pads right now i was yeah. like good i know time. she's gonna look good i'm gonna yeah. look good too hard as a rock yeah. yes so <laughs> how did you settle on that like that's your look what do you feel like that matters do you feel like it helps you i don't know I've yeah for sure i mean i think finding your look is important in any situation especially when you're doing kind of the work that i'm doing which is you're speaking without words you know you're speaking through the visual and and I think for me when you watch the show I have two modes and that's how it is in my normal life too I'm either on or off so it's like we're wearing all black like t-shirts and converse dirty working or it's like all right it's game time let's show the broker let's give them an amazing sales tool and like be a you know just an absolute boss and I feel like when you wear a bold outfit, just the same way with how I design the homes, um, it's very unapologetic. And I think especially when you're a woman in business, it's helpful to just walk in and be like, hey, I'm here. I'm going to take some names and we're just going to get this done. You know, mm. <laughs> Taylor, I freaking I love, love you. That's cool. You wish you were a woman now. Oh, my God. I, I really appreciate You know what? Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> there's a lot of not so great things about about being a woman, but wearing a badass power suit is one of them. <laughs> Give me one. That. Yes. Sign me up. <laughs> I'm like standing up a little straighter. I feel like yes. you should write a book. I would. Write uh, hey. Let's put it out in the universe. Let's go. For Come sure. on. Um, also, I have noticed that when you do the design, it's not just these brand new pieces of furniture art. You like to incorporate a lot of vintage pieces. Yeah. Why do you find that so important to you and for selling the house? I, I think I, I value that for two reasons. Uh, one is I feel like when you go into your friend's house and they have just ordered a catalog and all the furniture is from that one catalog... And they're like, I got it from blank. You're like, I know you did. I can see that. You know, it's like you can feel it. You can see it. it there's like there, people always tell you, like, this is from wherever. I'm like, I, I'm I'm acutely aware of that. Uh, <laughs> I know you did. But when every single thing is brand new, it doesn't feel good. Mm. And, you know, oftentimes when you're designing a home for sale, it's like, you know, that this is staged. You can feel it because it, it feels stagnant and cold and like not there's no like warmth and love. And I like things that have a little bit of history. Uh, it just actually just changes the vibe. 
Um, and it's subtle, but it's important. And then the second thing is uh, sustainability and, and cost. You know, when you come in and repurpose something old and bring in that piece that didn't look so great before and slap on some paint, not only are, is it great for the environment because it's sustainable, you're not going and consuming a new item. And then on top of it, it's great for a budget. You don't have to go and break the bank. And so, and there's always a little history in whatever that piece is that you found. Um, in the show, most of the things, you know, I like literally just drive around like a, a weirdo, just aimlessly looking for some trash on the side of the road. And I'm like, found this dresser. Awesome. What's the um like weirdest thing you've ever like gotten off from the street? And like, <laughs> what is something that you see when you're like, there's absolutely no way. I'm going to salvage that because that's just a no-no. That's the where I draw the line. Um, I mean, I think the first episode of One Week to Sell, that that piece that I found on the side road, I have to admit, it was pretty sad. <laughs> like, was missing half of itself. It was like, Kate, who's on the show with me, was like, you've lost it, like, for real this time. Like, this is gross. And I was like, eh, I mean, I don't totally disagree, but just give me a minute. <laughs> that was pretty bad. I mean, I think almost everything I get off the side of the road is pretty bad. But that's the point. We're saving it, bringing it, giving it a hug, giving it a new life, which is great. And then um, my draw the line moment is a mattress. Hmm. It's just, just don't do it. Yeah. Don't, like no matter what, just don't do that. It's, there's just a lot of, a lot of don'ts with that. Sounds I'm not going to get into it. Just don't do it. <laughs> Sounds pretty nasty. Yeah. I just don't want to know. I just don't want to know, you know? No, exactly. <laughs> we don't need to like cite the various things that could go wrong with a roadside mattress. Just don't do that. I love that your parents, um, uh, you know, they turn up on the show to help you with the, with the home. I feel like that's super relatable for a lot of people, right? Cause yeah. I need my mother-in-law to do most projects in my house. Absolutely. Uh, we all okay. have someone who's like, yes. <laughs> have they always been, you know, super supportive of your career and this venture? And what has that been like for you? Yeah. Um, I think growing up my family, we didn't really have a lot of money. So if we were doing something, it usually involved everybody kind of chipping in and helping and, um, when I started my company, I was 23 years old. So mm. that was good. Cause I was so young that you're very dumb. So you're like, this is going to be great. Like you have no sense of the fact that like, it's super not going to be great. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, it's probably going to be very stressful. Uh, so in doing that, I like pulled this thing together out of nothing. And my parents were super instrumental, especially in the beginning when I was like, I literally don't have $1. So I'm going to need you guys to come in and paint or do the gardening or do whatever the case is because I can't pay somebody. So yeah. <laughs> That's so sweet. And they're so fun and loving and it's just like, why not? Again, they're free too, so that's <laughs> pretty good selling point, but whatever. Score. Before you go, we want you to tackle a little challenge. We do it every podcast. It's called Defend the Trend. Defend the trend. Okay. Just defend, defend the trend. that trend. There we go. That was good. That was so much better than mine. That was really good. See? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so great, babe. You crushed it. Taylor, yes. Today we are talking about art in the home and okay. gallery walls. They are very popular, but they seem so intimidating to some people to kind of mix it and hang it up the right way and not make it look too clustered. Um, too clustered. That's a nice way of saying it. <laughs> And then there's the one piece of like the big statement piece that just seems kind of easier 
And mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts? And should we leave the galleries to like the art museums? Or do you think there's something to be said about the gallery wall setup? Um, okay, so I will defend this so hard that I will say that it's, I don't even consider it a trend. Mm. I think it's a, a classic and I think you should do it. And here's why. I, I think it's become a trend because people put it on Instagram a lot and then you can see good ones and then mm. you can see bad ones. Um, and I will say it's actually super hard to do because to make it look not like a weird tag sale situation is like is a bit of an art form. But if you focus hard enough, it, it is really good. But the reason why I like it is because, yes, a, a big, amazing piece of art would be great. But big, amazing pieces of art are expensive. And, you know, like I have a couple large pieces in my house, but it's, it's pricey. You got to like save up and find it. And that's a whole thing. Yeah. Whereas a gallery wall, I think is great because when you travel somewhere, or you have a little, um, you know, a photograph that you love or you find even something from like a thrift store that you like or you go to Italy and you happen to get the little thing on the side of the street or like locally you're in New Orleans or something. Most of those pieces are small. And they're small because it is affordable and it's a great memento. So to take all of those and put them together in a gallery wall, I say, have at it, do it. And you can just go and look at it and have all these wonderful memories and then get on with your day. My friend told me, um, because I was thinking about doing a gallery wall, she said, get like that, not cardboard paper, but that brown paper that like put it on the floor and then just like trace Mm -hmm. what you want Mm. to hang. And then you could see how it looks from far away. I was like, yes, Jules. Oh, Jules. That's awesome. Yeah. I was like, whoa, how didn't I think of that? The one tip I'd say about that is Jules is correct. A lot of people are like, I'm going to do a gallery wall. And you just like take the random one and you're like, I'll just start here. And just like (laughs) hammer it up. I was like, don't, no, no, don't do that. So just start here. Make sure it works. (laughs) Think it through. Don't just say, I mean, this might be good. And you're like, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> what have I done to my wall? I think wall? we should do one. No, we, yeah. we should do it in the living room. She's like, we are doing one. You're yeah. dumb. Yeah. Like, yeah, no she's like, you're so far behind. That's the main reason why we're interviewing Taylor. Just <laughs> yeah. to find out this tip. We're actually going to hire Taylor. To Literally just want you for a gallery wall. I can babysit. I'm a good babysitter. Oh, let's go. That's fine. Yeah. It's what a designer is and a babysitter. This is a super yeah. connection. You guys deserve a dinner out. It's fine. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, before you go, we wanted you to let us know um, where one we can watch one week to sell yeah. and where also we can find you on social media. Yes. Yeah, so you can find me um, on Facebook, Taylor Spellman, New York. You can find me on Instagram, Taylor underscore Spellman. I'm very creative with my names. <laughs> and then um, one week to sell is now streaming on Discovery Plus. It's $4.99 or $6.99, depending on which package you get. Uh, Verizon is offering an amazing deal right now that uh, it's free if you have Verizon for a period of time. Um, But yeah, we're going to be on Discovery Plus for a while. We're going to have every Wednesday a new show is going to be available. So now you guys know what your Wednesdays look like. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. I feel like I learned so much from you. Like (laughs) you are a very insightful woman. Thank you. Yes. Very much. Uh, (laughs) It's all about the power suit and... (laughs) The gallery wall. I feel like you could also do stand-up comedy, so I just want to let you know. You're funny. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That that is very helpful. I'm going to tell my boyfriend that. Hey, they said I'm funny. Why aren't you laughing, dude? Yeah. That was hilarious what I just said. He's like, you said make the bed. I was like, oh, true. But how did I say it, though? Did you hear the end, how I went up? It was funny, kind of. No? 
<laughs> I love it. Taylor, thank you again so much for being on the podcast. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. So nice meeting you, Taylor. Man, I think I need a power suit. My t-shirt and gym shorts. Uh, they're not really cutting it. Told you. Hey, babe, maybe like change the t-shirt and shorts. And you're like, no, I just like being in what I'm comfortable in. No, but I, I feel like I have. Yes. No, I have great style. Do you? Yes. Look at this sweater. Yeah. That I picked out. Yes. Without you. And the jeans with the rips and the skinny. That's stylish. Is it? I feel like when you're in a band, it's stylish, but... This is a look. It's a vibe. Oh, okay. It's a vibe. <laughs> I am obsessed with Taylor. You really are. She's my girl crush. What a woman. You're like, you were foaming at the mouth the whole interview. Okay, don't say that. That sounds weird. No, we cannot say that. Why can you not say that? You were. I was foaming at the mouth. Well. Like a rabid dog. No. <laughs> it happens. Like, it really does. Okay. I get it. Keep it rolling. Anyways, what would, your, what would your power suit be like? I feel like the three essential components for... A successful power suit mm-hmm. are one, it has to be comfortable. You have to be walking around liking how it feels in every nook and cranny. Two, you have to feel confident. You have to like how it accentuates your body and makes you feel when you're walking around. Three, classy. Class. You want to be classy because as Taylor said, it's speaking without words. Yeah. It's your first intro and you don't even say anything. That is powerful. I feel very insightful after speaking with her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, <clears throat> now we can go on to HGTV to the rescue. <laughs> you know who else is a boss? Who? Our friend Brian Patrick Flynn. He is here to save the day, and we have a really great question from Gabriella about buying a house overseas. Hi, Brian. So I'm obsessed with your house in Iceland and loved watching you find it on House Hunters International. I can't stop following all of these Instagram accounts with cheap old houses in Europe, so I wanted to ask you, how hard is it to buy a house in another country? Any tips for a hopeful first-timer? It is 10 times harder than you would think. The reason being is... There are so many things that change from country to country. There's currency. There are all these different guidelines for building. There's different ways to price things. There's different ways to expect people to charge for things. So the takeaways that I learned from buying a property in another country, renovating it, and then living in it is finding what's called a fixer. Anytime you are overseas and you're looking to do a project, whether it's a remodeling project or a shopping project, or if you're looking to put on a play, you find what's called a fixer. And that is somebody local to the area who knows the area inside out and knows everyone. They know the mayor. They know the best builder. They know the person who cleans the pools. And what happens is you align yourself with a fixer and they find everybody for you. And they kind of weed out all the possibilities of people who will like try to scam you. They also understand when something is cost costing too much. They also know when something is underbid. So to me, the key to finding a a property overseas, especially with all these Instagram handles and the fact that you can buy a house for a dollar in Sicily now is making sure you find somebody local who you trust, who you create an international contract with. Cost me a lot of money in lawyers fees to create contracts because the contracts will then only hold their value in that country where your property is. But if you're not there... I mean, it doesn't really apply to you. So I would say the best thing about buying a property overseas is finding a fixer who knows the area inside and out, having a very strong contract that holds true in that country, but also holds true back home. And 
from there on out, it's all fun. Except for when you go over budget, which I did. I went over budget 100%, but I did stick to my timeline. So there's that. Real quick, what's one tip for finding a fixer? Wow, that's a great question. So I got lucky because I found my fixer because when we were shooting House Hunters International, uh, when you're on House Hunters International, one of their line items on their show is a fixer. They have one because they're, they're in different continents. So... This is how I found mine. The very first time I went to Iceland with my friends in 2015, we rented this beautiful Airbnb from a woman named Helga. It just so happened the first night we got there, Iceland had this insane Arctic storm canceling plans for 24 hours because everything was like toppling over, which means we couldn't go like we couldn't go in ice caves because it was dangerous. What happened was Helga knew we were Americans who don't understand Arctic. And she called us on the phone to be like, I want to make sure you guys are okay. The doors are going to be ice shut tonight. Uh, you should not go outside because everything is slippery. She was our Airbnb owner. I kept, I stayed in touch with her. I added her on Facebook as a friend. And it just so happens she was just the Airbnb owner. And she was the only person that I knew when I first got to Iceland. It turns out that because she owns an Airbnb and understands real estate laws and people partying and what time people go out to, she was the person that helped me find a fixer. So my, my favorite place to start is either with like a concierge at a hotel or the owner of an Airbnb. And those people... They know, they know everything. Wow, that was some great insight from Brian. That was awesome. I feel and like I can buy a house overseas right now. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> Who See ya. Going to Italy. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye-bye. Have fun with them, Kay. Speaking of the HGTV Dream Home Sweepstakes, I cannot wait to see who wins that home in Newport because Brian Patrick Flynn is going to be designing it. Yeah. It's very Americana. Brian taught us all about that when we had him on. And you can learn more from Brian on his Instagram at B Patrick Flynn. It's going to be so exciting. I can't wait to see who wins. Where would you want to live if we bought a house that was overseas? I kind of alluded to it in my joke just a couple seconds ago, but I feel like Italy would be very, very cool. I mean, I feel like you put me anywhere, but you bring my family with me. I'll be happy. Aw, that's sweet. I really hope they're listening to this right now. I love you guys so much. I'm sorry I haven't responded to your text. I still love you. But seriously, how cool was Taylor Spellman? Like, she's taking on homes on the market from drab to fab. It's like yeah. a great fashion show, but with homes instead of people. Mm, that's a great way to put it. Thank I you like so that. much. Yeah. 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 I really thought about that. So, we really enjoyed talking to Taylor today, and I hope you did too. If you want to know more about her and the show, head over to hgtv.com slash podcast to check out the show notes and tune into One Week to Sell, which is now streaming on Discovery Plus. Yeah. And also, thank you so much to Brian Patrick Flynn for answering today's HGTV to the rescue question. If you want to ask HGTV stars your own questions, hit us up on the HGTV Instagram account. Just look for our post on Thursdays and we'll be sure to see your questions there. And as usual, if you like what you're listening to, please head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review HGTV Obsessed. Do not forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and head over to HGTV.com slash podcast for the show notes on today's episode. I love show notes. Yes. I don't know why. Show notes are good because you can see the pictures and the visuals. Yeah. I'm a very, yeah. We're, 10 out of 10 recommend. We're visual learners. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, if you want even more of us, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Mike and Cat. And then we'll see you next Thursday. Bye, guys. Woo. Oh. <laughs> I'm such a woo guy, man. He wooed when I was giving birth. He was like, woo. I yeah. Woo-hoo. Please, please stop. <laughs>
I am a hype man. Put me on stage with Lil Wayne. <laughs> And now it's time for Kat Stickler's first impression of me, Brad, the producer. My first impression of Brad. Wow, this guy is awesome. I really want to emulate the aura he gives off and make people feel as awesome as he makes me feel. I just want to be more like Brad. There you have it, everybody. Be more like me. We're taking a break next Thursday, but have no fear. We'll see you guys again in two weeks. 